0: From the shores of the Colorado River on the beautiful Parker Strip, you're listening to the Parker Livecast.
1: In the studio, uh, joining me is Stephen Swift. Stephen, what's going on?
0: Uh, I'm in town, uh, biking through your town, actually.
1: Yeah, you've been on your bike, and uh, people have probably seen you out and about there, right? I hope so. Yeah. Well, you've got it's fairly unique because you've got a th- like a bike trailer. Yes, I do. How how does that work? Is it got? Uh, it's almost like a little tent or something in there.
0: Well, actually, there's more than just a tent there.
1: What's in what's what have you got back there?
0: Uh, there's a camera, a couple of digital cameras, tripods, clothes, mm-hmm. um, a tent, a sleeping bag, and a backpack with uh, books. Um, nice, a couple of books you know that people sign from around the country, around the yeah. world, and stickers. Oh,
1: yeah, people. Well, so maybe you can tell uh, tell me what you're what you're doing. So what is the project that you're on right now and why are you biking around America, I guess?
0: Well, I'm biking around America because I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2012. And, uh, 12. Mm-hmm. and um, so it about was about
1: six years ago now.
0: Yeah, it was my second bout with cancer. I had bone cancer prior to that. I lost my dad, sister, and grandfather all to cancer, mm. and so my daughter Savannah. She was in a coma after my wife was killed in a car accident. It was soon after that I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Yes, I survived pancreatic cancer.
1: And uh, and are you cancer free now, or do you have it?
0: I I am fighting about of leukemia right now. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Leukemia. Yes. So it's cancer of the blood.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So I mean uh, that's a lot. To go through. I mean, uh, it strikes me. When did you first get cancer? It was back in two thousand and two. Two thousand two. Well, how was old? Bone how old a guy were you then?
0: Uh, I was young. <laughs> I was uh, actually in my forties. Okay, so you're in your forties, and
1: and you got uh, bone cancer and had
0: to deal yes. with that. Was it scary? Yes, because you know, you the word cancer, you know, you you just don't know you know you know nothing about cancer and cancer you know that eats away at the body and stuff eats away at the tissue and the masses of everything in your yeah, body. yeah i'll tell you all i know about cancer
1: is that it is uh cells that become yeah. mutated in a certain way that they start working against the body instead of for it yes this essentially is right that's it um so you got the cancer of the bone mm-hmm. first yes did you then beat it
0: I did. I had amputation and that's how I beat it. Um, And then even with the pancreatic cancer, I had basically um, surgery to remove... So are uh, you
1: missing some part right now?
0: Parts. Parts right now? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So they had to take some things out? The gallbladder, the appendix, and part of the pancreas, yes.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, And uh, you're doing okay without those things?
0: Um, I just got to be careful of what I eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who loses their gallbladder has to be careful.
1: Yeah. You can't process the same stuff necessarily. Right. As and before.
0: You, actually, if you eat greasy food, I mean, you can enjoy greasy food. Just have a bathroom close by. <laughs> is that all it is? Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, okay. So now you had the the first bout of cancer and then it went on and you ended up with another diagnosis? Yeah.
0: Well, I was in remission for quite a few years, and um, I started losing a lot of weight after my (laughs) wife died. Mm -hmm. She passed away, um, actually, in a car accident, and my daughter, Savannah... Uh she was 15 at the time. She was in a coma for 3 months. Oh my gosh. And um you know, she fought for her life, you know, and and I started losing a lot of weight during that time.
1: You were you were stressed out, I'm sure.
0: Well, yeah, we thought it, you know, was a depression and stuff and I even seen a psychiatrist. But, you know, I don't have any prior mental illness or anything like that, you know, and neither does my family. Uh-huh. And so, you know, they kind of wondered about that. And so um it, it was kind of you know just strange that i'd be losing so much weight right and so they were concerned so i had a battery of tests done and that's where they found the pancreatic man yes wow
1: and so uh did you end up then being in remission for that
0: uh three years yes so after three years after three years And what yes.
1: did you have to do do you have to go through chemo or what what no just surgery sir oh so oh the surgery took it yeah
0: Well, I did a lot of bike and exercising. I changed my diet completely around. I mean, I'm not a vegan, but I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. and um, I stay away from soda pop, and, you know, you can't deny a man a coffee, you know, so don't take (laughs) away my coffee. Don't take the coffee. Yeah. Right. But, you know, stay away from milk products, you know, red meats, things like that. I'm not telling you what to do, but it would be good to do it. Yeah, you're saying that
1: it's good for everybody, not just if you have the cancer. Right. So, okay, and then... Uh, and then, w- when did you finally figure out the leukemia was going on?
0: Well, I, on my bike ride, things happen. Okay, I was assaulted um, at a state park. I was um, physically um, beaten out there. Somebody tried stealing my bike. Um, you can Google that online. Um, I'll give you that information. What? I where start. were you? I was in Ventura, California.
1: Mm-hmm. And you ended up running into some people that tried to take your bike. No, actually, I
0: was camping. I was sleeping and in they my keep... tent.
1: And did you hear him?
0: Uh, it was three o'clock in the morning. I actually woke up, um, and I seen you know the bike moving. It was outside, and um, I had a taser. I went out and I tased the one kid, but didn't know there was somebody else there. And then I started getting bashed in the head with a rock. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting eighteen stitches, a concussion, a busted shoulder, and a finger that won't go up. Wow,
1: that's crazy. I mean, but they I didn't... didn't
0: steal the bike. <laughs> well, that's a good I've, thing
1: i've yeah. never even heard of was it because you had confronted well okay yeah so you came out with the taser you think the guy's alone but there's someone else there yes man i've never even heard of that happening at a at a state park i mean normally people I never
0: have either you know i mean it's normally very you have rare. a pretty
1: good time right and uh, yeah and people oh, yeah. are nice yeah
0: and even the you know the ranger said it's very rare that that would ever happen right it's nuts yeah i've never even heard of that
1: What what terrible bad luck do well, you feel like you, you like you've had a lot of bad luck? I mean, do you feel because you think about all the things that you're mentioning? And the first thing that occurs to me is, wow, you
0: know, the poor guy like can't get a break. Well, actually, this has happened just coming from Oregon. Now, I've been all over the country. I've been in 43 states, three countries. OK, on this bike ride, I've been going since May 7th, 2012. OK. I go up to Oregon, visit my daughter, you know, my sister, do a little bit of work, and then bike again. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't go to Newport. That's where I live. And, you know, I just don't because I don't want to be alone at home. So, anyways, I was biking down here because I do a cancer event over in uh, Somerton, um, Yuma, and Burale. Mm -hmm. And I was biking down here. As soon as I got into California over the border from Oregon, my bicycle was stolen. So you got the bike stolen and you had to... They kept the trailer Well, left the trailer there and took the bike.
1: You know, I guess you're right. When you go out on the road and your entire life is out on the road, Mm -hmm. you're going to have different experiences than, say, if you're, you know, commuting from home every day and doing your normal thing. This is so true. Yeah, yeah. and 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 maybe you are more of a target because you're out there kind of looking like you're looking like you're on the road and looking like that's your life on the road
0: well a lot of people you know look at you like i was talking to somebody today you know look at you as you're homeless okay Mm -hmm. but i had a professional sign actually two of them on either side that you can see it says biking around america for cancer don't judge somebody unless you're in their shoes okay Mm -hmm. and you know plus i've been on tv in the newspapers all over the world okay and my famous yes do i want to be no but anyways you know I'm well-known, okay, and yet people can assume, you know, that you're a homeless guy on a bike, okay, even though you got a $4,000 bike, you know, all your stuff is brand spanking new, you know, they, they don't see that you're biking for a cause, okay. And um, they don't understand. Nobody understands what it's like to have cancer unless they actually have cancer or go through it with somebody.
1: Well, it is true, though, that most people who have cancer don't do what you did in response to it, right? Well oh, this
0: is true. Yeah, they don't go biking around the country.
1: No, they don't. Uh, that's a very uh, unusual thing to do. What do you think it was that caused you to do that?
0: I wanted, personally, I wanted to find out what other people with cancer were feeling. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see how they were dealing with, you know, dying, okay, because I was given a death sentence. I was given 18 months to live, and I wanted to see what that was like, you know, to meet other people Mm -hmm. who, who not so much had the same cancer I had, but just had a death sentence, okay? And I wanted to understand that, you know, they're not alone, okay, because I always felt I was alone. You did that. This was my cancer, and guess what, people, it's not your cancer; it's our cancer. We well, fight right. it together.
1: Well, that's true, and it is. It's a big societal problem. It's a. It's a public health issue, really. Too prevalent. Yeah. So, tell yeah. me um, when you. Uh, so I'm thinking about your life before you got like before that was it 2001 mm. I think you said or 2002. Two. Okay. Before that, what what did your life?
0: look like or was was it fairly ordinary well i basically um was married for about two years prior to that and um yeah it was it was um a typical life you know you live in a
1: house and you got you got a wife and
0: a job of some sort or a
1: business a business yeah what'd you do i do construction landscaping okay i still do Uh uh-huh so, okay, so so started the business and everything, and, and uh, where were you living at that time? Newport, Oregon. Newport, Oregon, okay. Yeah, and it, so it sounds like this really just... Do you think if you had just had the one yeah. bout with cancer and then went into remission and nothing else had happened that you would have just carried on your merry way?
0: I probably would never have been on a bike ride.
1: Right, but it was it was that you kept getting hit one thing after another after another
0: right you know the first cancer you know and then losing my grandfather my dad my sister all to cancer and then getting a second bout of cancer after losing my wife and stuff that's way too much does it seem to
1: you like your family it has an unusually bad uh relationship with cancer in other words you know, they say that it it runs in families, right? That either you're more or less prevalent, more or less likely to get it.
0: This is true.
1: Um, and but it seems like your family definitely has it has it in your family. I mean, if you fill if you were asked to fill out a form and they said, "Do you have cancer in your family?" You definitely have to be like the size of the check mark would be the size of the page. You know. Yes. Yeah.
0: But you got to look at this too, okay? Dad, he worked for Monsanto. And my grandfather, he worked in construction all his life, so mm-hmm. he worked in asbestos. Oh. You know? mm-hmm. And so, you know, those guys always we hugging on them and stuff, you know. We believe that's how me and my sister got the cancer. I see. But um, you know, on their clothes and so on. But, you know, dad was working for Monsanto and he would, you know, drive chemical trucks, you know, and um Okay. You know, okay. So
1: and back then, of course, when he was doing it, it, there weren't the regulations that there are now right. on a lot of stuff. That's true. So we've we've learned, I think, over over the decades how. So what which things are carcinogens, you know, and which things are going to lead to cancer more than other things.
0: Well, I think that you know cancer is like i said earlier prevalent you know it's it's rapid okay and you know every day you get to meet people who either are going through cancer survive cancer or lost family or friends from cancer Mm -hmm. absolutely and and this is why i do events i do an event called the living tree event and you know it's a beautiful event i just did one over in Brawley april 7th and um you know, I I try to bring a community together so that they can have a memorial to mo- memorialize the people that are going through cancer, survived cancer, or died from cancer. And, um, you know, just being a cancer survivor not once but twice and even dealing with it now, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. I want them to understand, okay, that you never give up, you never give in, you always go forward, you fight, you fight, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's drug addiction, I don't care if it's diabetes, whatever, You fight, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, cancer, I have to deal with this. okay. I have to be strong. I still have to bike all the way up to Oregon. okay, And, um, you know, I'm good with that, you know, but um, there are times that, you know, I, I get so angry because people just don't understand the concept of cancer or any disease, you know, they think that, you know, we're just cursed or something like that. And it's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, we're good people, you know, there was this little six year old girl over in um, Riverside County. Okay, I met her. Her name was Desi. And I I bought her a uh, brand new teddy bear. Okay, And, you know, she passed away just months later, you know, from leukemia, basically, you know, tragic. And, you know, you you try to understand why that happened to a little girl, you know. And, you know, I'm a grown man, you know, and I could deal with pain. But, you know, a little girl, now. Well, you know, I,
1: I'm a grown man, and I don't think I can deal with pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real wuss. Well, okay, so, I mean, uh, no, you're right, absolutely. And so when you get out on the road, uh, what was the start of that? What, when, I mean, what, would, what do you think was the catalyst for why you decided to do it? I mean, it's a very specific thing. I'm going to get on a bike and go around America. What do you? Why do you think you decided that particular thing that particular day?
0: I really wish you wouldn't have asked that.
1: Well, you don't have to answer if you don't no, feel comfortable.
0: I want to be honest, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I'm up here, you know. I mean, I want people to understand, you know, that they're not alone in their fight. Right. But I came close to killing myself. I put a gun in my mouth, okay? Okay, and it yeah. was my And it was my daughter, Savannah, that saved my life, okay? She's the one who came up with the idea of a bike ride. And she's the one who came up with the idea of, you know, just um, getting away from home for a while. Wow. How old was
1: she when she suggested that to you?
0: Fifteen. This was just after the accident and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she came out of that coma. And, you know, she's not a typical person. You know, she had brain damage. And and she was in a coma three months. She has brain damage. Right. Does
1: she need looked after now? Yes. She does. Uh, But it sounded like she was able to, she's able to form... I mean, she's. It's what, what is her condition now?
0: Well, I don't know how they figured out, you know, that she has a mentality of a 10-year-old. She has problems remembering things. She can't remember anything from 15 on down. Okay. She doesn't remember her mother. She doesn't remember me. She doesn't remember her sister, her best friend, nobody, nothing.
1: So everything from that moment on she had from to learn? From the accident. She had to learn that? Yes, prior. Wow. Yes. Wow. So... So you know, what a tough situation too, and and so her mom,
0: she doesn't even remember her.
1: She doesn't remember her.
0: Then.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I mean, of course, you carry those memories, and you tell, you try to tell her, but it's not oh, yeah, the she's same seen
0: pictures as- and stuff, and you know we shared memories and things like that, mm-hmm. and you know. She she many a times cried because she wanted so badly to remember her mom, and she couldn't even remember a birthday or a Christmas or Easter or anything. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: Just... And how how uh, old is she now? She's
0: twenty-two.
1: Twenty-two. Okay. And is she still in Oregon? Yes. Cool. And so she's being looked after, and with all of that sister, kind of stuff. With my sister, yes. With your sister. So, okay, now, that, uh, but it sounds like she came up with a pretty good idea because you're still doing it.
0: Well, yes. Um, Savannah is quite the young lady. Um, she never liked the water. We live on the ocean, okay? Mm-hmm. And she never liked the water. She never liked to go fishing, nothing like that. But after the accident, she loves to fish. She loves to crab. She loves to swim, you know? Mm. And she's just amazing. She even surfs, you know? And I wow. think that's
1: cool. That's way cool.
0: But, you know, um, she is a totally different person. It was like she was born again. All right. Just totally physically, mentally born again. And um, you know, there were there were times when I wanted to give up the bike ride. And I, I kept thinking, you know, when she was in that coma and mm-hmm. sitting there and watching her, you know, she never ever gave up the fight. To to get out of it, you know? She just fought and fought and fought. How long was she in it for? Three months. Three months. Three long months, And was yes. was
1: there a time where you, where you were like, I don't know if she's coming back?
0: Well, see, that's what we weren't sure about. Yeah. yeah. For real. And so either my sister, my daughter, me, or some friends were there constantly. Right. Somebody was always with her. And but- how
1: long since she recovered to the time when you left on your bike ride?
0: Uh, probably about a good... Six, seven months.
1: Okay. But in that period of time, she was suggesting this to you. I mean, you were in a bad. Oh, yeah. Um, it sounded like you were in a bad, you were in bad shape and she knew it.
0: Well, yes. I mean, you know, she basically saved my life. Okay. Um, you know, I was in my den, and that night could have happened. You know, where I I I could have not had existed, and that, that I look back at it, and it's pretty crazy. You know, that I had came or come to to that conclusion of of even thinking about committing suicide.
1: Well, and like you say, uh, with with cancer not being a not being a small thing that only affects a few people, it affects, affects a lot of people. I think a lot of people too have had moments like yours mm-hmm. where they didn't wondered if there was any hope or wondered if there's it was useful to go on. Right. So you're saying, you know, you've had this moment uh like and and so I I can see that being a pretty big moment in your life
0: well losing my wife you know just in a car accident and then having a terminal cancer that's going to kill me and stuff why make it quicker you know yeah it made sense to me
1: right at the time
0: well yes but then you know i didn't look at the big picture and that's our problem we don't look at the big picture you know we're always looking at the little postage stamp picture you know right thinking that okay the problem's right in the front of us we're going to deal with it now rather than just look at it think hard and long on it and and just do the right thing, you know. Well, yeah, don't and, think peop- that.
1: and people have a really weird habit of assuming that everything they're experiencing right now is permanent. This is true. It's almost a disease of the mind a little bit that that affects everybody. People always say, and that that can be in the good sense and the bad sense. You know, if someone's on top of the world doing great and they're in love and they're making good money and, you know, they're just so happy, they think that's going to be permanent too. Mm -hmm. And almost nothing is permanent. You know, we have everything, the only thing I think that there's a a good quote that someone said, something like, uh, you know, the only thing that... No, the only thing that is permanent is change, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, very yeah. much so, Yeah, yes. ch- change is constant, and it always will come around. So, um, but you got on the road. So what was her specific suggestion? A bike ride, a just, short bike just, ride?
0: Yes, just up to Astoria, and that's it. You know, Astoria is, what, uh, 100 miles away from uh-huh. where I live? And, so why don't
1: um, you bike up there... Take your time. Do a little camping. Is that what she was thinking?
0: Yeah, but not bike around the country. Right. <laughs> that was. That was. I don't know what happened there. But did she just want you to get out of the house, pretty much? Like pretty much so. Just. Yeah. Just. You know, like. I don't get know. out.
1: I'll be fine. Go mm-hmm. and do your thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, she just wanted me to get away. Both daughters. I have two daughters. Both daughters wanted me to. And um, how old is the other one? The other one is now twenty-four. Okay, a so, couple of years older. Yeah, and um, you know, she was um, she was having a tough time with with Savannah too. You know, because when Savannah you know came out of the coma and stuff, she couldn't remember who she was and stuff. And she says, "Dad, that's not Savannah." Right. You know, and and you know, there was there was just a lot of things said that you know, I. I mean, you know, you're going through things with your one daughter who's critically injured, you know. You're going through another thing with your daughter who doesn't understand anything about what's going on and stuff. And she wants to try hard to be there for her sister. And, you know, both girls lost their mom, you know, and yeah, you know, it's too they're much. about to lose their dad. but It's too uh, much, right? It's it, it, too much. It was tough. It was tough.
1: But the, isn't that the point that there comes a point where it's just too much and you need either a big intervention of some sort, and in this case... It was the intervention where you decided to hit the road.
0: Well, after the, the, I don't keep like keep talking about that, but yeah, after the suicide thingy. Yeah. Um,
1: but I think it's okay for you to talk about that, though. I mean, I think that that's part of the story, and I think it's important for people. Like I say, I think a lot of a lot more people than ever talk about it have had moments like that.
0: Well, it was tough. I mean, everything came down on me. I mean, like a ton of bricks. I I would never ever want to relive that that period of time yes no way no way no way no i i agree but you know when i started the bike ride okay first what i did was i got my bike got on a greyhound bus after dropping off my truck over in eugene oregon my mm-hmm. daughter was going to college out there mm-hmm. um, me and savannah went up to portland you know there's a little video online of savannah and me on the greyhound bus you know going up to portland and i got her this little computer so it helps her with her memory and stuff mm-hmm. and then once i got her to my sister's up in portland i just wrote to a story and then down and then once I, <laughs> I hit Brookings, which is the last basically Brookings Harbor is the last town going out of Oregon. I just kept going, all the way to Tijuana and then Baja, and then took a ferry over to Mexico City, um, and then um. I came back up through Brownsville, got family in Corpus Christi, went to Florida, Gainesville, um, Jacksonville, I rode up the one all the way up to Bangor, Maine.
1: And what were the rest of the family, uh, your sister, your daughters, people like that, thinking about all of this travel that you were doing? Was, were, were they supportive or did they think, what on earth is Stephen up to?
0: No they're very supportive. They actually, you know, came on some of this stuff, you know. Um, so they would meet you somewhere. Yeah, for for 3 weeks we all were up in Halifax, Nova Scotia because that's where we got family. Mm-hmm. And we all spent some time up there. I spent 3 months up there. They spent only 3 weeks. But anyways, um, we went to the Grand Canyon. We went to Mount Rushmore. You know, we went to New York City. Spent some time there. They were in Florida and Texas with me, and Mm -hmm. so you know, they did some riding too.
1: Good, good. And Um, uh, do they still support support this ride and everything that you're doing? Very much so. Well, it sounds like you've got a great family.
0: Um, it's a beautiful family.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Because a lot of the time, someone in your position. You know, you can't really count on the family being supportive of that. It's no. a big life change. You know, you're going out on, you know, states and states away and, uh, you know, even to other countries and stuff like that. They don't necessarily understand it.
0: No, it was a long trip. It's, it's been a hard trip. You know, I mean.
1: You've been out for like, what, four years or something?
0: Try almost six.
1: Six? Yes.
0: Next wow. month will be six years.
1: And where have you spent most of that time?
0: uh all on the road (laughs) just in in the united states yes in the united states Mm -hmm. but um you know it it was doing events meeting people um doing work as i go you know um i find sponsors and i work as i go that's how i support the ride Mm -hmm. um the events i bring the community together and i find you know the merchants and so on in that community to pay for their event you know and that's how i do the events but they have nothing to do with you know my um my bike ride or nothing like that but even though my bike ride sponsors the event and the city does too so you know i i tried to um stay um you know close well now that i'm 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 closer to home i try to stay close as i could to home so there was a few other places that i needed to go in california and here in arizona and nevada and now it's time to go home and and just put up the bike forever (laughs) so you think you're you're really done you're gonna i'm
1: done you are i'm done but there there's... Do you think after six years you've learned about well i got a, i've got a few questions first of all what do you think you've learned about america i mean you've seen it in a way that most people haven't in the sense that you know you're meeting a lot of people you're
0: out on the road uh six years well believe it or not okay The news media, you know, I'm going to down them because, you know, they're a bunch of hypocrite liars, okay? And, you know, they say, you know, this community is all bad and that community is all that bad. I went to hardcore cities, okay? I mean, riding a bike. Here I am being a white person, okay? Right into a black neighborhood and stuff. Those people were the most loving, caringest people I ever met, okay? Mexico, you know, same thing, Okay. They ca- always talk about racial, 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 you know? No, okay. They could care less. They're there. They're, they treat you like human. They feed you, you know? They just care. Well, can right?
1: I tell you something? Uh, I mm-hmm. knew you were going to say that when I asked the question. And the reason I knew you were going to say that is because every single person we've interviewed people who have been, you know, there's this girl that came across a, on a horse. Oh wow! Across America, or <laughs> I don't like they could do that. <laughs> no, or people who run, run, ran, were running across America, or this or that, you know. But everybody that I've ever talked to who has been doing something on the road like you tells the same story about the people, about mm-hmm. people in general. You know, we're talking about humanity. Yes. Like you said, Mexico, Canada, wherever you might happen to be, uh, generally speaking, people are awesome. Yes. Right? And it doesn't matter where you are.
0: Right. You know, I mean, you know, the, the media makes it look like, you know, don't go into a black neighborhood or don't go into a Puerto Rican neighborhood or a Mexican neighborhood. No. I went through towns and cities where there were gangbangers and stuff like that, and nobody ever bothered me. They were more helpful than anything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the right well, was what amazing.
1: I, this is what I try to tell people because of my experiences talking to people like you, because they always say the same thing. Wow, it restored my faith in humanity. You know, I watched too I much of does. the news before. And, and, yeah, so that is one thing that you're able to give people is a perspective where they can say, look – uh I thought the world was way scarier than it is, and in actual fact, people are awesome right and I'm sure
0: people that understand don't believe everything the news says. Huh.
1: Well, the news is reporting unusual events if a If an event is newsworthy, it means it's something unusual, right? Mm-hmm. If someone kills somebody on a street corner, that's newsworthy, but it doesn't mean that because that happened, that defines that entire neighborhood all the time right that's one event that happened and it was a newsworthy event it was an unusual event
0: just like the attack over in Emma Woods you know where I was attacked that was very unusual that even happened in a campground that's
1: what that's the first thing that I thought of when you said uh, this happened in a campground at a state park I Mm -hmm. thought wow I've never even heard of that you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't tend to happen that much now
0: that story went worldwide
1: I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, people, again, it's a newsworthy event, right? So mm-hmm. people, you know, people come up and ask you, uh, "Oh my gosh, you must think that the the world is such a terrible place." You're like, "No, actually, that was the the exception, not the rule."
0: I could I could have stopped the ride right there. Okay, I could have said, "No, I'm too afraid to even get back on that bike or anything." That's true. You know what? A month in, um, a month and two weeks after I was attacked and stuff, mm-hmm. as soon as my shoulder just you know started feeling a little bit better i mean it was still aching hurt, and it was still broke mm-hmm. i got back on that bike okay and the same reporter that did this story the first story did a second story about that and she even did one on facebook and i'll show you that after this but um you know she was so amazed by me just coming down you know and and saying i'm not going to give up just like savannah my daughter just like savannah she did not give up her fight so why should i give up my fight and that's why i'm here to tell people don't give up keep on fighting no matter what it is you know don't fight with each other but you know if, if you have a disease if you have a drug addiction alcoholism whatever it is i don't care fight it fight it get out of it yes
1: yeah get to the other side so uh that's how you what you learned about america what do you think you learned about yourself
0: That is a hard one because, see, I I never was a bad person, you know. I never had a ticket. Oh, yeah, I met this one cop. He uh, actually stopped me for not having lights on the bike. Oh. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I was coming down a hill and it was dark. Right. And I was going to Walmart to get batteries. (laughs) He stops me, okay, and, you know, he does a check on me and so on. And I told him I never had a ticket in my life, okay. He says, you're lying. Everybody has a ticket. Even I have a ticket. I says, no, check it out. You know, I never had a ticket in my life. He checked it out, no ticket. You know, <laughs> I mean, sometimes those people are so funny. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, you. So you weren't a bad person. I mean, you were. You, you were just a basically a normal guy. And all these tragic things happen. And all these tragic things happen. And I'm a Christian happen. too. Okay, and and when you think about uh, your faith, what do you think about that? I mean, I think one thing you said earlier was uh You couldn't understand why this would happen to a young girl or you know You couldn't understand why this would happen to your daughter or right. whatever it is uh, Do you have any perspective on that now or do you just say hey, that's something I'm leaving to my god? What is what's the answer there?
0: Well, I ride by faith, okay? It's we have to have something we have to have faith Savannah she had her own faith and um You know i didn't know what was in her mind Mm -hmm. and she definitely didn't know what was in my mind you know during my traumatic times right and so you know we each go through something physically mentally and spiritually hurting you know and we try finding ourselves well you asked a question earlier you know how basically mentally do i feel about you know this trip now right um I feel that I have found myself. I feel that I can get over my wife's death. I can get over all these other deaths, you know, my father, grandfather, and sister. I can get over, you know, any any obstacle that comes to mind, okay? That it's, it's going to take time. But if I work at it, okay, it'll work out.
1: Do you learn
0: patience in a way with that process? Yes, you learn a lot of patience, you know, especially... Not to
1: try to rush through grief or not to try to rush through a traumatic incident
0: this is so so true you can't you know there's no way you can because if you do you know it's going to be the same Mm -hmm. so if you learn patience then things become more visible to you and they work out you know right right but you have to have faith you know you have to have it there was one time i was in a desert okay and um i had no water I, i sometimes don't think well now i do but Back then, I didn't, okay? Right. I had no water, okay? And for three days, no water. And I was riding. That ain't good. No, I was riding. And then I got two flats, okay? So I had to walk the bike because I had the flats. You couldn't ride it. And so, you know, I was smack out in the middle of the deserts up in the mountains. And so, anyways, I come across this one area of the desert where there was this gallon of water just sitting there. Just sitting wow. there and i i it was the best water i ever tasted in my life <laughs> i'm sure it was ah uh, it was unbelievable okay and i didn't know how it got there it was like an angel brought it or something i don't know okay but then i found out what happened okay and there Tell are me. angels there are groups of people who put water out there in the desert for the you know the um immigrants
1: oh know, right whereabouts cross was this over.
0: this was actually by um phoenix um south of phoenix um tombstone south of tombstone oh, okay okay i got lost <laughs> yeah yeah I, w- I was trying to take a shortcut you know kind of through the desert and you but know, you're saying there are these
1: groups that are yes. humanitarian groups where who, they realize who, that people are going to be crossing that desert right usually coming up from mexico or wherever and they they want to place water around so that they have that when they come across right. it. Right.
0: There's water and there's little packets of food and stuff like that. They don't want anybody dying because uh, uh, many, many years ago, there was, I I think, like 29 people who, mm-hmm. who died out there mm-hmm. because they didn't have any water or nothing. And so they don't want to see that again. Yeah. And oh, I know just, that. I know that happens. I just happened to find one gallon, you know.
1: That's amazing. Wow. But at the time,
0: I didn't know where it came from.
1: Crazy. So you drank it, and you were all right,
0: oh yeah, I until I got to another town, you know, and then I got the bike fix course, and yeah, I made sure I had plenty of water <laughs> from that
1: point on, yeah yes that that little trailer comes in useful, doesn't it
0: very much so, yes, it does
1: yeah uh but but when you were talking about that you you were saying that because you were talking about how you think about, i suppose in a way mental health while you're out by yourself, and you know you say you meet a lot of people, but I mean. Do you need to touch base with people that you know a lot in order to kind of uh, feel OK uh, or not so much?
0: It's been a lonely trip. I mean, I I can't say I'm not lonely. Of course, I'm lonely. But yeah, I talk to my daughters, my sister. I have friends that I call or call me constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's nice to go to a church you know and fellowship with other people and so on. It's nice to go into a town and you know just try to have people sign my book because you know I have books that people sign mm-hmm. and um you know it, it's just a guest book of people that I meet on my journey. right, it's cool, and um you know, they actually help me. Okay, not financially, but they help me, you know, to kind of move on on the trip because they tell me their problems and and their strife and so on. And I'm saying to myself, okay, I can deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as bad as I thought, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's more personal. And my very first sign that I had said it's personal. Biking, hiking, walking, talking across America for cancer. That was my very first sign. Mm hmm. Man, well, I mean,
1: the reason I ask that question is because uh, I am addicted to my people. I don't know, you know, I could not do what you did, I think, because, you know, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, I just can't imagine being out by myself like that. I just feel like I need, I'm very addicted, very addicted to my peeps.
0: Well, at first, it was tough. It was hard, you know, but once you're in your tent, you know, and you're in your sleeping bag, you know, and... You had that candy bar, you know, for the night. That's your food, you know. And then you have, you know, that coffee. Like I said, don't deny a man a coffee.
1: Don't deny the coffee.
0: Yes. (laughs) You know, then you're fine, you know. I mean, I drink coffee all the way until I sleep, you know, and I still can sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, um, I'm fine, okay. I got to tell you about Michaela. Michaela was this young girl, okay, 21 years old, okay. Mm -hmm she was getting abused back home and so on and she just ran away basically okay and she met up with me and we traveled for 11 days okay on the bike she had a bob trailer like i have you know and we just traveled together and you know she knew nothing about camping nothing about you know um i call it gypsy camping other people call it wild camping or um some other thing anyways um she knew nothing about that okay And I taught her basically how to cook from a little Coke can when you don't have anything else to cook from, like a pan or something Mm -hmm. like that. And um, how to actually gypsy camp, you know, where you just post your tent up anywhere where, you know, you can't be seen and so on. And, um, you know, how how to kind of like take a quick bath, you know. In In other words, you'd
1: want to hide yourself. Mm -hmm. You'd want to hide your camp so you don't get bothered.
0: Right. Not by you know, the authorities or people. Right. You know? Right. Because a lot of times the authorities will say move on and so on. Yeah. So, you know, I mean it's it's so you gotta figure out where to go.
1: Right. Did you learn yeah. a lot going out on the road and, and doing that? Did you learn a lot from other people? I have, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you would meet actual homeless people—people people who really don't well, have a home—and and maybe those
0: people I stayed away from. I'm sorry, but I stayed away from those people. It was more of the cyclists, you know, who were doing the cross-country bike ride thing mm-hmm. that I stayed with, and that's how I learned to have warm showers. Warm showers is where cyclists who are going across America or whatever—actually, it's all over the world—and um, there, the warm showers is other cyclists who open up their homes for cyclists who are doing the cross-country thing, Oh, I see. So they can post their tan up or take a shower or sleep in the house or feed them or whatever, you know. And it's gotcha. called Warm Showers.
1: Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a whole world there, isn't there?
0: Yes. It's
1: warmshowers.org. Okay, wow. Now. You're um, learning things. <laughs> yes, I'm learning a lot. Okay, so you're going to be done with this. Yes. W- what are, what's the next chapter for you? I mean, now that you've First of all, why did you decide to be done now? I mean, why now? Why why not in a year or two or, or longer time? Why did you decide to hang it up?
0: Because I want to spend some time with my daughters, you know. I mean, we talked about this and stuff. And, um, you know, Savannah and Lacey just want to spend some time with me before the inevitable happens, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not getting anything done, no chemo, no radiation, no nothing, you know. I just want to... Live my life out, you know, if God wants me, fine, if I'm healed, fine, whatever, you know. I mean, I have four lesions on my body. One's on my neck, you know, one's in my stomach. They're growing, okay, and they hurt like crazy. And then one is between my hip, you know, and my bone. The other one is in my leg, my left leg. And, you know, I have to deal with pain every single day. I don't take any kind of drug whatsoever. I don't drink, never drank a day in my life, you know. So you got to learn pain management, okay. And you mentioned something that you couldn't deal with pain. But <laughs> yeah. I have to learn it, you know. Right, right. So if I get bit by a snake, I have to know how to take care of that, otherwise mm-hmm. I die, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, um,
1: has that, has anything like that ever happened?
0: Um, not where I got in bit, but there was a rattlesnake coiled up underneath my bike, and I had to kill it. I I never really liked killing anything, you know. Right. But well, it, it was going to strike.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you, could, I mean, sometimes you you don't have a choice. So, are you mm. saying that? How long do you think, I mean, you mentioned that you have these current health issues, too. Uh, I mean, do you have any kind of prognosis in your mind right now? I mean, that that a a doctor has given you or anything like that?
0: Well, they're saying August, but um, I don't know. It could be sooner. It could be later. I always thought, you know, that a change of mind, you know, don't think about it. It's not real. It's not going to happen. Uh, change of diet a lot of exercise mm-hmm. is a cure for anything mm-hmm. i told people that and it's true but you know when you're diagnosed with something that they say is deadly and i i looked up online about it and so on you know yeah and i had two opinions so mm-hmm. that's good enough with me and you know well even they said savannah wouldn't come out of the coma and she did
1: well, that's true. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you defy the doctor's odds, right? Um, so, what are what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think do you just really not think about it and just press on? Is that what is that what you is that your like modus operandi?
0: When I ride, I think of my daughters. I think of the people that I miss, you know, who passed from cancer, you mm-hmm. know, or just people hurting and so on. You know, I never think about myself. I mean, there are times that I'm really hungry and I don't even have money for food. Mm-hmm. There are times, like now, I didn't even have sleep in two days. Two days. No sleep, okay? You haven't had sleep in two days? Two days. Two days. And then... Why you know, not? You can't post a tent up anywhere because, you know, you'll get um, moved on or arrested or whatever... But it seems like Arizona be... is different than California, California. I can go anywhere, <laughs> yeah, but it seems like there'd be places around here where you could, right, yeah, but there's a lot of homeless too, and I already dealt with two homeless guys who almost killed me, you know, I don't want to deal with that. you anymore. have you haven't had good experiences
1: with that, no, okay,
0: I just stay away from those people
1: I'm not, but I'm not I think you need to sleep too, well, <laughs>
0: this is true, you know I mean <laughs> i uh you guys got a beautiful casino over there. I was there all night, you know, and uh, I was talking to the um, guards and stuff, and they were awesome, cool, you know. And um, Right. They don't mind you They sitting. kept me company.
1: Yeah, they don't mind you sitting there as long as you don't fall asleep at their slot machine. <laughs>
0: well, actually, I did fall asleep at, at one of the <laughs> machines, you know, and he says... I'm gonna, or you know, you can't fall asleep at the machine. Otherwise, I'm gonna ask you to leave. Right. I says, yeah. you know, I just dozed off for a second, you know, <laughs> and then I talked to another security, <laughs> and he was even better. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, I understand that. I get that, you know.
1: But there's pla- This is a big desert. There are places you can bike to to uh, to well, find I, to find a place for the night.
0: Well, I was over at you know waiting to do this. I was over at um, oh, what's that restaurant I was at?
1: Oh, you were at uh, Early
0: Bird. Yes. Yeah. Great people there. Great food. There you Anyways, go. Anyways, um. I was over there, and I fell asleep, and I didn't even know it. Now, I was probably sleeping a good 20 minutes, and nobody even bothered me or nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, I mean, I feel okay, you know? Um,
1: well, you know, after, after we get off the air, I'll tell you places where you can safely camp.
0: Well, see, I want to shower. I need to wash clothes and stuff. So, I think um, going up to Lake Havasu, you know, I could do that because I know there's a campground on the other side of do that lake. Do you think you like, can get
1: up there before uh,
0: sundown? Uh, probably not but well i'm gonna try (laughs) yeah yeah i i got massive cabs you know and i got 24 speeds on that bike so i guess i can well i don't (laughs) i don't doubt that you can do
1: it and i think
0: the wind's pumping up so you know yes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well it might be at your back you know you never know
0: well, as long as it's not a headwind, I'm good.
1: There you go. Yeah, if it's, if it's, if it's at your back, you're not you're not too bad. So uh, this is all going to be over within what? A ha-
0: month and a half, yes. You think you can be in Oregon in a month and a half? I know I can. But see, I have a tendency to stop and talk to people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is what I'm saying. So maybe it'll be more like two months.
0: Yeah, something like that. My sister says, I'll wait until you get here. <laughs> well, you'll certainly
1: want to be out of the desert soon.
0: Oh uh, Yes, I'll be out of the desert probably within um, three weeks. Okay, good. But if anybody has a bike, you can ride out of town with me up to like Havasu. That would be kind of cool. Or even a couple of miles, you know? You'd like, mean, a, like if,
1: someone to do it with you?
0: Yeah, or a bunch of people. You know, that'd be cool. You know, just... Riding, right you know, up um, what's that road? This is uh ninety five up here. Okay, yeah, yeah. ninety five uh, up. You don't have to go all the way to Lake Havasu, but maybe a few miles. Dude, you know, I know guys cool. that
1: love to ride, and I mean, they go far and fast. You know, I mean, they they'll go. To, they'd love to go with you, but um, okay, twenty three thousand miles. That's far. <laughs> that is far. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, it was nice to meet you. And you too. And uh, thanks for coming on here and telling me your story and everything. And I hope it, uh, it all goes well going back to Oregon. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll be delighted to be with your daughters and oh, sister so and I'm all that I'm
0: I'm so done. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. Oh, I got to say just one more thing, okay? Yes, please. Um, You know... I uh, I was thinking about this, you know, and people keep saying this. Some people call it a pilgrimage. Some people call it a journey. I mm-hmm. call it a bike ride.
1: Right, and what's the difference? None. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that is what you're doing. You're doing literally a bike ride. Uh,
0: and uh,
1: do you think you'll miss it in some ways the bike, the bike, uh, and the bike ride, and all that? I mean, c- certainly
0: my legs will miss I don't know if i'll miss it yeah maybe you'll just be glad to rest now rest now i think so i mean you know if you're sitting too much your legs get kind of you know dancey um you know you can't sit too long you gotta walk it off you know because you know they're used to riding every single day every day riding the bike mm-hmm. um you know it'll be kind of cool you know to get back home and Do the things that I need to do. I have to work. You know, me and my sister have a business up in Oregon, you know, and she's been taking care of my home, you know, and the business and so on. And if she has a big, huge problem, she calls me and I just tell her, you know, you're a big girl. Take care of it, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, she takes care of the money part of it. I take care of the business part of it. So it's kind of tough. But anyways. The bike ride, you know, you're doing multi things, you know, and it's been an amazing ride. I met over 2 million people. I've been to 43 states, like I said, three countries, you know, over 23,000 plus miles. And it's been amazing, just totally amazing, you know, just meeting people and stuff. And I tell people, I'm famous. Oh, you're famous. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I am. I'm just a guy who was biking. They call me for <laughs> it come by on a bike. I said, no, I'm not. You know, yeah. it's funny.
1: Well, no, it is, and it's a very unique um, experience. I can't... Like I said, I would not be brave enough, but it's interesting that you say... that you tell me the story of how it started because I think that kind of... what I would consider extreme trauma. Extreme. I mean, there's a lot that happened to you in that period of time.
0: There was a lot. And...
1: um, For you to react to it in a way that was actually, in the end, constructive, Mm -hmm. kudos. Thank you.
0: You know, the hardest part of this whole entire ride is not the biking part of it. Mm -hmm. It's actually, you know, being there for other people and just being an inspiration to them. You know, and that's what I want to be. I'm going to be writing a book. It's going to be called A Swift Ride. There you go. That's my last name, Swift. I like it. Yeah. But you know, it's it's um it's because I want people to just understand that they're not alone in any of their fights, you know? I mean, you know, just keep persevering, keep fighting, you know, just Never give up, never give in, always go forward, fight, you know? That's a good message. That's my major message, and that's the only one that I can give to anybody, you know? Right, yeah. No. Besides eating right, you know, exercising, and change your attitude towards life. Be well, nice you, to people.
1: Well, you sir what the, the lessons that you learned ended up being very useful, uh, maybe for other people too, and so that's awesome. Steven Swift has been here. Uh, we're with only twenty seconds of the top of the hour, so we gotta get out of here. Really appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Google Steven Swift bike ride and I'm sure you'll find it all. Stephen Swift
0: biking for cancer. There you go.
1: Thanks so much, Steven.
0: Thank you.